0: Take a moment and find a place of safety, quiet, and comfort. In this moment, I invite you to explore what it feels like to connect with yourself. Giving yourself all the bandwidth, all the space to connect with you in whatever that looks like, feels like, and sounds like. And as you breathe in and breathe out, finding the self, finding the comfort within yourself, and potentially recognizing some edges when I give you permission to be with yourself, for yourself. Breathing in and expanding out. Now, as you connect with yourself, I invite you to add a flavor of love that feels right to you. This flavor of love shining a light inside of you, warming you up, And allowing you to feel the abundance of what you deserve. Breathing in and breathing out. Self-love. As you take all of that in, I encourage you just to simply be still in this moment. And when you're ready, with no rush and absolutely no urgency, opening your eyes to see the room, to see yourself a little differently than when you first started this process. Hi, it's Ryan. Welcome to your weekly dose of The Psychedelic Psychologist, where I invite my guests to share stories about their psychedelic experiences. We cover a variety of topics from overcoming addiction and severe depression, To finding wholeness and spiritual emergence. Today's podcast, you're going to hear from one of my guests, Carl, who has a beautiful story and an expressive way of sharing his entry point into the world of psychedelics. Carl, it's great to hear you. It's great to see you. How are you coming in today? I'm coming in very calm today. It's overcast skies and
1: feels like a day of reflection. So. coming in nice and calm What
0: a perfect way to dive in when you reflect the first question that often comes up is do you find yourself comfortable in a place of calm and reflection
1: yes and no a lot of times i do enjoy the calm and the stillness but i do have moments where i'm like what else could i be doing so it's always kind of the there's always a tension there but I, found, I find myself
0: leading into that calm space a lot harder than I usually have. You bring up such a wonderful question of what else do I have to do? In the year 2022, we're so busy. We're so inundated with stimulus and expectations. What's the voice that you say when you notice this desire to keep moving or keep going?
1: I honestly always come back to the voice and like, be patient with yourself. There's, there's no timeline on how fast things need to get done. You know, that timeline is a construct of who we are as a species. So it's like, just let go of that. There's no need
0: to get anything done unless it's, you know, an emergency. I love that. I love everything about that, especially considering we're talking highly about the experience of healing through psychedelics, this beautiful expression you just gave of there's no timeline, there's abundant space and opportunity. What did you do to witness this invitation? How did you recognize the invitation of psychedelics in your life as a healing modality?
1: It honestly started with a dear friend of mine who had done the experience and said that it it really transformed how we thought about life. and, And I was intrigued and I've been a practicing partaker or clients, if you will, of talk therapy for many years. And I kept coming up against a wall, if you will, or a ceiling where I never felt like I could tap or break down some of my barriers against really seeing myself as value, valued and deeply loved by my family. And it just always felt like I can talk about it, intellectualize intellectualized, like that. I wasn't responsible for any trauma or family issues that weren't mine, but I can never
0: Fully digested or integrated into the whole of my. People. You're bringing up a super valuable point in that, talk therapy is a beautiful, and necessary process. Yet mm-hmm. there can be a ceiling, right? This this intellectualizing it or over dialoguing it can be limiting. Give yes. me a yeah yeah. Give me a picture of what. You started to recognize in your friends, or what brought you to this idea of doing psychedelics yourself personally? What were you hoping for, and what was your motivation?
1: Part of my motivation was I was going through an intense grief period this summer of losing my dad. And in that process, was bringing up all of the past pain of childhood and of just my life. And in seeing what had transpired with my friend in terms of his own journey with addiction and and feeling of what, what is beyond just the basic day-to-day life and how he seemed to have a new, not least on life, but a new kind of outlook where things didn't drive him mad so much, if you will. And I was intrigued by that. My my experience with psychedelics has been very limited in my life. And I had never really thought of it. And when you told me that it was a transformative experience, I'm like, well, okay, I've been in talk therapy for a long time and I've come a long way. But I've there's what I call like the three core issues of feeling enough the pressure of feeling like I don't measure up to what the expectations of my parents are and being able to love myself. Well, Wow! Um, and those are those three, I kind of like, you know, return to a lot in talk therapy, but never, like I said, I just kind of always felt like I came up against something that was really preventing me from integrating that. Sure. And so it's like, well, All right. I've done this long enough. I feel like I've exhausted my process with talk therapy, so to speak, or at least in this in this particular setting that I've been a part of. So I'm open to what else is out there. And I've always been an adventurous person or tried to think outside the box on daily living or and I've also been a practicing Christian spiritual person for most of my life and you know when when he seemed so convicted about how psychedelics impacted his life I was like well you know what's the what's the
0: harm in in exploring this I love it I appreciate your transparency because you bring up three points that are so valuable that you Sound like you're working towards with intention when you and I talk. And also you need to have that courage and that adventure in you because the psychedelics aren't for the faint of heart. So coming in, were those the intentions that you were recognizing as you were considering a therapeutic experience? The self love, yeah. the identifying you're worthy and accepting of yourself? Yes, very much so. I mean that was and in- and trying
1: to heal like some of the, you know, how to, how to digest having a very complicated relationship with a, a loved one that is, you know, part of my DNA and wrestling with the complication of the relationship, but also now seeing that that relationship physically is going to be
0: ending soon. How's the emotions that come up right now, Carl, when you say that out loud, what are you hearing yourself and feeling into? The first thing that comes to mind is like the grief of
1: almost like finally being able to acknowledge that the emotional side of that relationship has been missing for a long time. And I've never really wanted to admit it because it's so painful. And you know, and I think that's what I'm getting at when I say, like, I keep coming up against something. It's like I never felt like I could actually fully claim that that, that relationship has not been what I've needed as a, as a son or as a person wanting
0: a relationship with their father. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I see a very, very courageous and I hear... uh very powerful person in that it takes a lot to acknowledge what was provided to us as children and what we were hoping to lean into right you said lean into it's a lot can you share with me as we maybe take a slight pivot all of the information you were coming into intentionally and what you and i processed prior what was the experience like for you as you took the invitation to work in a healing capacity? What mm. what could you paint us a picture of what then fired throughout your experience? Yeah, first you know I felt
1: very comforted in terms of how we entered into the process. You know, picturing a, a table and who I want to invite to that table. I was kind of surprised that honestly, who I invited and who I left out. You know, the invitation was my stepfather, a dear childhood friend, and my in-laws. And who was left out was my wife and my immediate parents and my sibling. And so that kind of set the stage for, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, I feel good about this. And what What ended up transpiring for me, I word that comes to mind is very chaotic. And
0: yeah, psych psychedelics specifically, psilocybin can provide without becoming sadistic or humorous here is chaos is definitely a part of this process, is it not?
1: Yes. And I was not expecting that. And (laughs) although it was super painful and almost hard to track as I was going through the experience, what I realized in you know the conversations you and I had before was that it's kind of like lifting the veil, so to speak. And what I had realized is I had constructed a realm of which I could survive in my day-to-day life where everything felt managed, where everything felt compartmentalized and chaos is kept at bay. And that's through ignorance, through denial, through you know various coping strategies, just to function in the world in which we live. And what I realized is once that veil lifted was that in my unconscious, there was an immense amount of pain and chaos that I had, I had chosen to ignore or run away from or hide because of what I worried it would say about me or what I was feeling like I couldn't handle. And being able to see it with like what felt like very clear eyes, I was then able to kind of, it's like kind of being able to say to oneself like, it's okay that this is all out of control because I've got you. We're going to be okay. And, you know, I'm kind of giving a bird's eye view of like my transformation through the experience.
0: That's wonderful. Um, yeah. yeah it's so clear. You talk about through a clear eyes of almost that classic metaphor of being in the middle of a hurricane, the eye of a hurricane, as chaotic as it is, there became. If I'm hearing you correctly, a sense of trust and peace, even though the defense mechanisms were down, yeah. explore with me what you came up against with that. And what were the tools and what were the invitations that the medicine provided you through that chaos? Yeah. I mean, I think the one thing that I, I, I replay in my head a
1: lot, it's the, there came a time of which I felt like a brick wall was on my right side. And that wall kept closing in on me. And on my left side was what I, the vision I can relate to is a, the end of a talk, so to speak. And I wanted to go back to the right because that was what I've known, what I trust, what, I, what feels real to me. And on the left was this dark, abyss of unknown. And at a certain point, I just, there wasn't any other option except to go to the left. And it wasn't until that, like, I felt physically that I rolled to the left that all of a sudden I was in a free fall going deeper into my subconscious unconscious and in which I started to feel a little bit more free, but the chaos was still with me. And then it came a time when, when I kind of hit some sort of bottom and I felt all this weight on top of me in a very physical way where I felt restricted and constrained and almost, and and in talking with my wife, almost felt like being placed into a box where you cannot move at all. And again, rolled to the left and realized all that weight was able to slide off of me. It was like, this is all it takes is to just reject the pressure, reject the shame, reject the mistreatment, the cruelty, and almost like save yourself from the free falling
0: elevator that's about to smash into you. It's an intense picture. And all the while I'm hearing a sense of calmness, though, a sense of confidence that you can do that. And you were doing that throughout the experience.
1: Yeah. And I don't think I was able to recognize the calmness until, you know, the hours and days after. But you're right. I mean, it it definitely provided a lot more steady
0: spirit from within myself
1: where you, I'm like, it's going to be okay.
0: Yes. And you bring up such a such a significant point in the days and hours and weeks after the experience is if we're too close to the experience, sometimes it feels as if what, what are we learning? What are we gleaming? What was this all about? What were those metaphors? And yet what I'm hearing from you right now is this understanding that with some time with some distance from the experience, things have landed with more clarity and with more certainty for you. Absolutely. Can you share with me what you're chewing on at this moment, knowing that it's been a couple of weeks or so from your experience? How how are things being integrated and what are you doing to keep them cultivated?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think the, the theme that keeps coming back for me is the uh, the word that always comes up on a daily basis is boundaries and i i think for a long time i always thought of boundaries as they're always negotiable because you need to please people and what i'm realizing is that boundaries are more like they can be flexible but they can also be very firm and i need to be more diligent with my boundaries and where I grant that flexibility and where I don't. And so I guess how I integrate that is more (coughs) checking. It's almost like a daily practice of checking in with myself. How does this feel? Do you need anything more that you're not getting? What, what needs to be reevaluated? Like, on a daily basis whether it's how I'm spending my time what I'm saying no to who I'm saying no to and what I'm also moving towards you know I talked about having calm and more space to be with myself even though it used to be very hard for me to do that I've kind of learned that if I don't do that then I I will, that chaos will return. And it's almost like, you know, somebody asked me the other day, like, would you do it again? My first reaction was, no, I would not, I don't want to relive that experience. But it's because of the immense pain I felt. But now as the weeks have gone on, I'm like, well, I would do it again because I now am not so afraid of that chaos because it's like i i
0: don't know no what a terrific explanation because that is quite often what i hear is will you do it again and based off of the outcome we can't be too quick to say yes or no to it as things are still falling in place Mm -hmm. speak to me a little bit carl about Reconciling all the things when someone has the three desires self love, worth, but also this nuance of grief that's lingering in your life at this given moment. What do you do with that, and how are you operating in that space? I, mean,
1: I would say. It's almost like I keep picturing like the image of somebody like a dear friend putting their arm around you or like or of myself putting like the arm around the younger me, the five-year-old Carl that resides within and saying like we're we're in a different place now that we now have. Understanding of what I've been through as a child, and but also the wisdom of being an older version of myself to say you have more tools to utilize, to protect, to stand firm, to endure, and to enjoy life. So it's like saying, like, you don't have to rely on that fight or flight, or you know, blowing up or overreacting like you did when you were a child. Like we can do this in a better way. It's a, the outcome is going to be more full, more sustainable. With and the of Your question.
0: Oh my goodness, it's beautiful. It, it answers it perfectly. The idea, Carl, of knowing that there's work to be done, presence to be done, and that we're living a human experience that we still might get thrown off our square. And especially with grief and especially with loss and reconciling our childhoods, knowing that we can be the ones to lean on our childlike self and Mm -hmm. protect them and reassure them. That's ultimately what I hear as self-love. Help me understand what's on your horizon. Tell me, you said, I, I would consider doing it again. Yet, when do you know that feels right to you?
1: I, I don't know that I know exactly when it would feel right. But I'd say at this given moment, I am really trying to integrate these, the, the self-love and the boundary aspect. You used the word courteous or maybe it was courteous, compassionate warrior. And that really landed with me. And I, I think, you know, for right now, I'm like trying to embody that by being compassionate with myself first and then with others. But also, you know, making sure I guard myself to the things that I necessarily don't have a lot of control over. But I do see it's on. There's, i on a, like, there, the, for me, there is a, a desire to go back into the rabbit hole, so to speak, to now that I have like a more awareness of like what some of these chaotic key players are for me, whether it's the pressure or the weight of feeling restricted or traumatic injury from a childhood surgery. Like, now that I've identified those, I'm like, What would happen if I went back and like really tapped into those? How would they, how would my perception of that weight be different now that it's like rolling around in my head on a daily basis? You Um,
0: bring up a very good point. This idea of now that the experience is more understood and as you said, so eloquently, these cast of characters are identified. You can go into it with a little bit more of an awareness, a sense of comfort, and yet be, as you heard me say, a compassionate warrior for yourself to know, hey, I might be able to deal with this, or I might not be able to deal with this, and that is okay. Mm -hmm. What do you owe the psychedelics this experience, what, what would you say you owe, and what have you walked with today in the sense of gentleness?
1: I would say what I owe is that it, it allowed me to, I, in the, the conversations I've had with loved ones about or trusted loved ones about this experience, I, I keep coming back to the analogy of being able to take my garden bed and get rid of every single plant that was an invasive species out of there and reset that fertile ground and saying this is mine and mine alone and from now on I'm choosing what's planted in here or the the greater spirit is choosing what's planted here that I'm not going to allow these horrible things to take root inside of my soul anymore. And I really think, I don't think I would have been
0: able to come up with that without the psychedelic experience. I thank you because what I witness in you and the gratitude and the humility I have as witnessing and supporting you is truly a compassionate warrior. Carl, thank you so much. You're welcome.